When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heard at Sports presents the Damon Benning Show with Ravi Lula. Right, you got to get on the grass and play ball. Okay, and, and that's the most disappointing thing. You know, you're looking at it as a coach, like you go back and look at like, what did I do wrong? So that way those guys can go because they do everything that's asked, right? I mean, they came in on Sunday and, and, and went through, went, had, a, had a really good practice, you know? And so they're going to they're gonna go and do it. So now, one, we got we to gotta do our part, make sure they know what the hell to do so they can go do it. And then demand that of them, make sure that they understand Again, I said this before, and I know coach, this is from coaches. Like, there is a way you're going to play football in Nebraska, okay? And that was not good enough on Saturday. Welcome back to Herd at Sports Radio here on AM590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Robbie Lula. That's Anna Bellinghausen. Shane out here just playing some pet peeve clips for me, you know, making it kind of a hostile work environment. <laughs> if you've got some issues, whether you need workman's comp, your, your coworkers aren't treating you right, you can give our friends a dire law call. That's you got to get on the grass and play ball. How dare you, Shane? You're about to have a personal injury that you're going to have to call Dyer about. Uh, that's D-Y-E-R dot law. You can give them a call at 402-393-7529 if you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, if you've got a workman's comp claim, they have you covered, and they will lend a helping hand uh, however you need. That's D-Y-E-R dot law. Uh, Regardless it, of who the hell the opponent is, we've really got to do things a certain way to give ourselves <laughs> a chance to win. Really, you got to get on the grass and play ball. I see how it is, Shane. We're going to have some words at the break. Uh, There's a way you're going to play <laughs> football in Nebraska, and that was not good enough on Saturday. Uh, I wanted to get into Heinrich Harburg because I actually I think that he play, maybe played better than people realize on Saturday. Um, there was, I mean, his stats are not spectacular, right? There were 14 for 25. Um, he ended up uh, 199 yards passing. Like those are those numbers are fine. They are not special. Uh, what I did think was interesting, though, is. I think Coach Rule said this. It might have been Satterfield. He said something about, hey, after that, that batted interception, 
he went on to complete his next seven pass. And I was like, is that right? And so I went back and watched the, the Michigan game last night. And sure enough, gets that batted pass, which I understand it ended up in inter- as an interception. He had, I think, four batted passes in the game. So that's not ideal. That's kind of an issue of its own. But when I look at that, I don't look at that and say, hey, that was an interceptable ball, mm-hmm. right? There was a play later in, on in the game where he threw the ball that probably should have been intercepted. He, over, he intercepted. He overthrew his receiver. There was a safety behind him. The safety just didn't make – or it might not. It might have been a corner. But there was help over top, and the, the help just didn't make the play on it, right? Didn't end up being an interception, but that was an interceptable ball. I don't think the batted pass is. I just, I just don't count them that way when I'm kind of evaluating things. Um, but he did. After the, after the batted pass interception, he completes seven consecutive passes – and didn't throw an incompletion the rest of the half until the very last play of the half where he's kind of scrambling and trying to make a play at the end of the half. And then to start the third quarter, he throws a huge, uh, gets a huge gainer to Marcus Washington uh, over the middle. It's a catch and run, but the ball, I think, was thrown about 15 yards in the air. Washington ends up, ru- uh, ends up running um, about another 10, 15 yards, I believe, for a pretty long gain on that one. So at that point in the game, eight of his he was 8 of 11 for 140 yards early in the third quarter. And two of the three incompletions slash the one interception were batted balls. He only missed on the one ball at the end of halftime where it was just trying to make a play. That's the only throw he missed. And then I'm watching the rest of the game. He threw an interceptable ball, the one I talked about in the fourth quarter. He had a drop by Washington that hit him in the hands. He th- threw a ball away on a busted screen, just threw it down at the, at the uh, running back's feet, and then he had two more batted balls that weren't intercepted or caught. He did have an extra batted ball that he caught himself, which technically goes down as a completion for him, but we're not going to count that one. And I guess my question is, I, I think he was actually pretty good throwing the ball against Michigan. I would agree in that he was letting his wide receivers go through their progressions, and I think he was being more patient than we had seen him. I mean, given there was obviously offensive line trouble throughout mm-hmm. that game, but Michigan's defense is just good, yeah, right? And he was playing the best defense he's definitely seen maybe since Minnesota. So I guess he didn't even really I would say, yeah, he, he, he saw Minnesota as a tight end. As right, well. yeah. so he's... I mean, kind of seen it, but you've never seen anything like Michigan's defense if you're no. Hunter Carberg, right? He's a sophomore. This is his first year starting. So I, I think it was definitely – we should give him more credit, I think. I think you're right, Ravi, on that. Yeah, it, it just kind of really struck me because I, I watched – you know, you're watching that game live and you don't really think like, oh, Hunter Carberg's having a great game or yeah. anything like that. And I, you know, I even <laughs> made a joke with somebody on Twitter um, – about how I genuinely think Nebraska can win the next four games. Like, they're all winnable. Are they going to? I don't know. They haven't won four straight games since 2016, so, like, that's a tall task, right? But you look at the way the schedule breaks, and you're like, all of those are winnable games, whether they go 4-0, and 3-1, who knows? But – and they made a joke. They go, well, is it more likely that they'll win four games in a row or complete four consecutive passes? And I laughed. I go, yeah, probably win four games in a row is more likely. Not even realizing <laughs> that later that day I'd be realizing that Harburg completed seven passes in a row against the best defense he's going right. to face all year and probably one of the best defenses in the country, if we're being totally honest. And I don't know. It, it's definitely the best he's thrown the football this year. 
Probably, and you're also thinking about a depleted wide receiver room. Yeah. You don't have the backs that you're usually used to, right? You're having to put Anthony Grant in there, albeit he's a great athlete and has been in that spotlight before, but But you don't have a lot of options. Right, you don't have a lot of options. There's a lot of pressure on you, of course, and you know you're getting essentially backed up by a guy in Jeff Sims who is the QB1 initially and is probably a better weapon than you at the moment right they see more reward out of him maybe a higher risk but then I mean he sees it he knows what people are saying about him so there there has to be some amount of pressure he puts on himself and in that position but I I think he went out there and I think he did what he could I he didn't necessarily make too many mistakes you talk about the batted ball interception I still I don't think I would count that as a interceptable ball either really and then Maybe a couple you got to drop pass here and then a ball thrown over a wide receiver's head. But, I mean, all in all, I don't think he played bad. No, I think the one interceptable ball was the only bad throw he made on the day. And if it's one? You live with that. That's a good day. (laughs) Yeah, everybody throws one. (laughs) Right. Right? Like, we saw Mahomes the other day throw three, four? Brutal ones. Yeah. Two and one of them, the one interception that he threw all the way across the field was just awful. Yeah, like Mac Jones esque bad interception, and so yeah, you can live with one. And and I've done, I've kind of been doing this with Harburg. This is the best game he's had throwing, I think. But he's only thrown about one interceptable ball a game. Mm-hmm. And the first two games they got dropped. He didn't end up throwing an interception. And this one, the one interception that he did throw, wasn't actually really an interceptable ball. It was just a great play by both defensive linemen that. That ended up being involved in that play. But I do think he's getting better as a passer, and I don't know that we've been paying attention in the sense of I think we just kind of assume it's like, hey, you really got to limit him. And to think about this, a lot of those passes came when they were already down 21 nothing, and Michigan knew they were going to be throwing the ball, right? It's one thing to be able to catch a team off guard and say – hey, we're going to do some play action here. We've been running the ball 70% of the time. We're going to take some shots here. And it's another to be down three scores and the other team know, like, yeah, they're going to have to start throwing it a little bit and that's out of their comfort zone. And to still be successful there, that I, I, I genuinely on second and third watch, I was very impressed. I mean, he's also only a sophomore, right? Yeah. And we have to factor that and in. And has played essentially no college football before this year. Exactly. So yeah. you, you have to remember all of that. And I think just at Nebraska – our fans put so much emphasis on that quarterback position and high expectations. I oh, mean, yeah. as any fan base does, but and I rightfully think, so. I right? Mean, yeah, he's been impressive, and I mean, the first two people to get blamed after a loss is the quarterback and the coach, of course. Mm-hmm. But that also comes with the position that you're put in. I mean, great responsibility, great power, sort of thing. Shout out Spider Man, <laughs> but um, all right, I think Ben, going out for our guy. I think he's. Uh, I think he's done a great job of handling that, and I also mm-hmm. like the way he handles himself in the press conferences as well. I mean, super mature. You can tell he's really about it. I mean, he's a Nebraska kid. He cares, and he wants his team to win more than anybody. And I think fans do appreciate that. And it's a great story, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a Kearney Catholic kid, and you love to see the homegrown Huskers, and it's something that Rule's trying to get back to, um, recruiting in-state and developing those guys. But, I mean, it's tough to to also evaluate after – playing a number two team in the country really again is. like yeah. you have to just factor in everything first year coaching staff and new quarterbacks a depleted wide receiver room again and then the running back situation too like nothing is helping Heinrich Harburg right he has a lot of the cards against him oh for sure yeah he's got a lot stacked against him including you know you mentioned the depleted wide receiver room too which I think is a 
much bigger deal than we kind of remember. Yeah. Um, that's that's probably the weakest unit on the offense is the wide receiver room. Even though I like a couple of those guys, there's just not a ton of depth there. Uh, the other thing before we wrap up this uh, quarterback conversation, I know people have been pretty harsh on Marcus Satterfield because they haven't scored a ton of points. They've looked a little lackluster. You have to give Marcus Satterfield credit, or at least some credit, for the development of Heinrich Harburg as well. Because Absolutely. With, I mean, before him, he had never seen the field, and he thought he was a tight end or going to be a tight end. Now he's throwing the ball pretty well against Michigan. That's a totally different deal. Um, coming up next, we will wrap up our number one here on Herd Out Sports Radio.